This is another episode of On the Grid by Z Prime. Love your energy. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Z Prime On the Grid. I'm Dylan Lockwood. And today we've got something a little different again. Uh, this is a conversation our my colleague Chris Moyer had with Tim Sparks from Consumer Energy. Uh, this is part of a content series we're doing with Black & Veatch, who has sponsored this episode, and a couple more projects. And you can find those coming up soon on zprime.com. But for now, here is Chris's interview with Tim Sparks. Hello and welcome. I'm Chris Moyer, Senior Director of Content and Research with Zprime. As operational demands increase and load growth remains flat, traditional utility resource planning that focuses only on the supply side does not adequately address future challenges and opportunities. Utilities like Consumers Energy in Michigan have turned to an integrated resource plan uh, to ensure that the future supply and demand needs are met effectively. Their Michigan Clean Energy Plan, or My Clean Energy Plan, is a long-term tool for supplying affordable, reliable energy to customers throughout the state. They created a forecast of Michigan's energy future using a variety of assumptions about factors such as market prices, energy demand, and levels of clean energy resources, including wind, solar, demand response, and energy efficiency. This plan embodies a commitment to the triple bottom line of people, planet, and prosperity to create a lean and uh, clean energy supply going forward. To discuss the changing utility planning landscape, I'm joined by Tim Sparks, the Vice President of Electric Grid Integration. Tim, thank you so much for speaking with Z Prime today. Thanks for having me on today. Tim, let's just dive right in. Uh, Consumers Energy has made a commitment to regulators, customers, and the state of Michigan to move away from coal. How are you developing your clean energy uh, future? Well, thanks for that question. It really started uh, several years ago, actually. Um, as some of the Clean Air Act rules came down, we had 12 coal plants that were online, and we recognized that seven of our 12 a coal units would be approaching 70 years old by the time that we would get some of the new air quality control systems installed. They were of the 100 megawatt class size. And in looking at the economics of that and other practicalities of units that were that old, we recognized that we had really a, a once in a lifetime opportunity really to maybe change the path that our utility uh, was going to move forward with. And uh, we decided that we would retire uh, seven out of those 12 coal units in 2016, which we have done. And that really started our look at a holistic approach to how to come up with a new supply plan that would also complement our electric wires plan going forward as well. Because at the end of the day, with uh, distributed energy resources becoming more prevalent, uh, it all starts to come together uh, uh, very nicely as we looked out into the future. So we decided we'd take a different approach than what we do with traditional Well, Tim, as part of this, this new planning cycle, you've also had a title change yourself. 
and you were the vice president of electricity supply and now you are uh, the vice president in in charge of elect electric grid integration i'm really interested uh, in in your story as as part of the consumers energy transition tell can you tell us a little bit about your background with consumers energy and how that how you've seen the company evolve Sure. Uh, so I joined the company back in 1990, right out of college. And uh, for the first 15 or so years of my career, I was on the electric planning side of the business, primarily planning um, our high voltage distribution network that uh, we have a 46,000 volt uh, system. Um, and I was also uh, at one point in charge of our electric transmission system, 138 KV and 345 KV for a number of years. Um, we subsequently have sold that about 20 years ago now to Michigan Electric Transmission Company. So we're a transmission dependent utility now. But um, so I have about 15 years of background in planning. Then at that point in my career, I jumped over to the supply side of the utility, was in charge of fuel supply for our electric generating units for a couple of years, and eventually uh, became Vice President of Energy Supply, which included not only electric supply, but gas supply as well. We have a fairly large gas, natural gas utility at Consumers Energy, so I was also in charge of buying uh, the gas resources and gas control and things of that nature for the utility until uh, 2017. In 2017, um, our new president at that time, Patty Poppy, she had uh, been CEO for about a year uh, decided that we were going to um, reorganize the company uh, to a large extent in many parts of the organization. And one of those changes was that on the electric side of the business and the gas side of the business, uh, we decided to put all of the engineering functions together under one officer. So on the electric side, that became me. And then on the gas side, I had a equivalent here that became uh, vice president over the gas supply and engineering functions of the company. So uh, at the time we decided, well, what should my title be? And it could have been, uh, I guess, vice president of electric engineering and supply, but we, we wanted to have a, a more broader look at things, knowing that in the future, um, the way we supply our customers and how we plan our electric distribution system was gonna really be much more integrated together and and we came up with Vice President of Electric Grid Integration to kind of uh, uh, summarize what we were trying to do in the utility. Well, it's exactly that grid integration that so many utilities are, are trying to get their arms around right now. And one of the big tools that they're doing, uh, that, that consumers and, and many utilities around the country are, are using to do that is the integrated resource plan to ensure that strategic flexibility but also work with respective public service commissions to make sure that you're serving your customers, reducing greenhouse gas emissions, and maintaining long-term profitability. How is it that consumers is approaching the IRP uh, to, to achieve those goals? Well, back in uh, late 2016, the state of Michigan passed a new energy law. It was implemented at the beginning of 2017. And part of that energy law included the requirement for utilities to submit 
um, a, an integrated resource plan to the commission and subsequently do it at least every five years after that. Um, at the same time, they also wanted to see a five-year distribution plan as well so that they could kind of holistically see how were the utilities going to be planning for the supply future and the delivery future going forward. And so again, we stepped back and said, you know, at the end of the day, um, if we're migrating uh, away from a central station generation future to more distributed energy resources, those are all going to be connected, uh, you know, at the, well, some at the transmission level, but a large majority may be connected at the distribution level. And we really needed to have a holistic planning approach for both sides of that business, which traditionally I would say have been looked at separately for most utilities. So again, at the same time that we reorganized and put all of those engineering planning functions under me, that was the same time all of this uh, new energy law uh, requirements took place. So it was uh, a really nice transition into now, um, I have an executive director of electric planning that reports to me. He has all of the generation planning and electric wires planning uh, under him so that at the end of the day, we can take that holistic approach, get our engineers that used to not talk to one another, quite frankly, that much across the utility, really thinking about the future, whether you're a generation planner or a wires planner, you know, how is all this going to work in the future? And where can we really work together as one to optimize our system of the future? Well, it's, it's clear that you're not just breaking down silos within the company from the generation to transmission and distribution. That has a profound benefit to the customer as well. Uh, and, and really, it, it seems that your plan is, is designed with the customer in mind. Can you, can you talk us through some of those steps that you're taking to make sure that from generation all the way down to the meter, Consumers Energy is, is thinking about effectively optimizing your system to serve your customers more effectively. Sure, we're, we're trying to do that on a couple of fronts. Uh, one is that we are going to rely much more heavily on demand response type programs, energy efficiency. Um, we, we started our current energy efficiency plan back in 2009, and we've been ramping that up over the years where you know we look every year that we can reduce uh, uh, energy requirements on our system by maybe one and a half percent or more. And that also has the, the effect of reducing our peak load requirement. Um, so since 2009, we believe that we actually reduced our peak load by about 600 megawatts today, which is you know equivalent to a medium-sized power plant. And we expect to grow that over the next uh, few years uh, significantly. We're, we're really ramping up our demand response programs where uh, we're not only going out to residential customers and asking them to participate in various programs, but we're focusing on our commercial and industrial customers as well, because they have a lot of um, opportunity and ability to reduce load at the right moments. Um, so that's how we really are, are trying to bring in our customers into our program uh, to serve that load into the future. But we also looked at our process that we had for doing integrated resource plans and quite frankly, five-year distribution plans. And you know, traditionally, utilities would, would have their 
their engineers and technicians go through and do an integrated resource plan internally. We eventually file that with a commission. And then you go through a, a litigation process that uh, ultimately would end up with an order from a commission on whether they like the plan or not. And we still go through that and have that today. But we decided we wanted to get the stakeholders involved right at the beginning before we even file our next IRP and really get them involved with our planning process, talk to them about what's important to them to see in an integrated resource plan. Uh, we run some additional scenarios that we otherwise typically wouldn't have, but it was through our collaboration that um, you know there were suggestions of things that some of the stakeholders wanted to see us look at for the future, and we agreed to do that. And we've done that in our current existing plan where we're in the middle of uh, doing the studies for our next integrated resource plan right now. And again, we're, we're in that collaboration mode right now, talking to stakeholders about what we, how we plan to do those studies, what we're going to study. And that then folds itself right into planning the distribution system because a lot of our future plans involve distributed energy resources, which will go on the distribution system. So it all goes hand in hand is that how can we most effectively plan and implement all of these uh, various resources on the distribution system to save distribution system uh, investments as well, if we can put them in the right place. I, I'm, I do want to get into a little bit more of that, that next level of, of grid planning, but I would be remiss if at this time in the conversation, I, I didn't just take a step back and, and point out, here we are, uh, separated by a couple hundred miles. Uh, you, you and I would love to be face-to-face -face having this conversation. I'd, I'd happily be down in Jackson uh, talking with you, but, but we're here at our homes. Uh, this is the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. How has your focus uh, for reliability, that, that mission-driven uh, approach to, to safety uh, and customer service, uh, also been incorporated with the with your IRP to to serve your customer uh, in this difficult time during COVID nineteen. Well, I would say one of the biggest benefits that we've had through the uh, pandemic here is that we had a plan established, so it gave us that roadmap of knowing what our no regrets um, next steps were that we wanted to make. So that even with all of the changes that we've all had to make with the pandemic going on, uh, we knew what our end game is and where we needed to go. And it helped us stay focused on that because uh, naturally we had a, a lot of immediate operational things that we had to do uh, to uh, make sure all of our employees were safe and the public was safe uh, as we got into the, the pandemic. But for those employees that are really focused on that future plan, it was something that they could really anchor on during this time and focus and, and keep moving forward so that uh, you know after we get through the pandemic and things get back to a little more normalcy, whatever that might mean for the future, uh, we still are on pace to meet those goals that we established and the plan that we established, you know, going back a year or two ago, uh, so that we don't lose track of that one thing. So Consumers Energy has, has, as you mentioned, retired uh, half a dozen 
coal plants in, in the last few years. Uh, typically, over the last 20 years, when utilities have done that around the country, they backfill that with uh, natural gas plants or other base load generation to, to meet customer demand. But energy efficiency has been, and demand side management, have been instrumental in your IRP. Uh, can, can you describe a little bit more to us uh, how critical working with your customers has been to meet the, the energy needs that consumers energy has? Sure. Um, you know, our electric load for our utility being here in the Midwest is quite peaky. Today is a great example of that. Um, you know, we expect uh, that we're going to reach somewhere around 7,500 megawatts, maybe a little bit north of that. Um, that's about 2,000 megawatts, maybe 1,500 megawatts more than a, a typical summer day. Uh, we have a lot of air conditioning load. And so because of that, naturally, we have to uh, have a lot of resources available to serve that additional uh, peak load that's you know, only there for a couple hours of the year, quite frankly, not only on the supply side, but also on the distribution wire side as well. Um, so one of the things that we are really focusing on and trying to ramp up is our ability to either reduce that peak load at the right moments or shift it. Uh, to some other time so that we don't have to uh, put money into generation resources that are only utilized a few hours of the year and uh, as well as put in larger wire uh, infrastructure, quite frankly, substations and everything else that it takes to serve that load. If we can, you know, find the right locations where we can reduce customer load for a few hours at the right time or at least stagger it so that you don't get that peakiness. Um, that would really benefit our customers. It would lower costs and lower our rates, and uh, we'd all be better off for it. And that's really what we're uh, striving for as well as part of our plan. Consumers recently announced a program to provide 100,000 Nest thermostats for your customers. Can you share with us the vision behind this program and how it supports those long-term goals? Sure. Um, you know, as we continue on into the future, um, well, some phrases I use a lot with uh, talking internally about it is, you know, I want to get to where we're like plug and play on the electric system. And, and one of those opportunities is with our customers. And, and yes, we're giving away 100,000 uh, nasty thermostats to customers. And, and in return, we're asking them to sign up um, in some of our programs with us so that we can adjust those at the right times uh, during these hot days like we're experiencing right now. Um, really not to shut off uh, their air conditioning permanently throughout the day, but number one, pre-cool the house a couple degrees um, so that it won't run more in the afternoon and then stagger things um, between homes so that again, we can lower that heat load. And uh, so we, we are in partnership with uh, Google and um, some others in order to uplight, for instance, to do that. And, you know, right now, I think we've, uh, we've uh, now given away over 42,000 of the 100,000 so far this year. And uh, we're hoping that by doing that, we'll get somewhere probably in the neighborhood of a 50 megawatt to maybe a little bit more reduction in electric load. Because, you know, everybody that gets one ultimately may not 
sign up for the program. Um, so we're, we're trying to take a realistic look at that. But nonetheless, if we can get 50, 60, 70 megawatts of peak load reduction, uh, you know, that'll be significant as part of our goal to reduce that, you know, peak load by maybe as much as a thousand megawatts over time. That peak shaving is is clearly important, especially on a day like today, where it's going to be 90, just over 90 degrees, and those air conditionings are, are, are certainly running around the state of Michigan. As we look forward in, over the next decade, beyond the COVID-19 crisis, uh, beyond this integrated resource plan, you brought up that you're already in uh, in that initial planning process for what comes next. What role does grid modernization play in allowing consumers energy to effectively build the right type of capacity for more renewable energy, more electric vehicles, and more customers producing their own power through distributed energy resources? Well, I think it's, it's, it's really huge. Uh, I kind of break grid modernization down into two buckets. Uh, one is just what I would say is uh, blocking and tackling. It's really updating the infrastructure. Um, we have a lot of infrastructure poles, wires and such that's, you know, 50 plus years old on our system. Uh, we need to get into a regimented uh, discipline uh, replacement program, which we've started a few years ago and are ramping up so that we can keep up with deterioration. But then at the same time, we do want to put in uh, the new uh, technology as well as we do that so that we can control our system better. I, I, I call that new technology gizmos. Everybody knows I talk about gizmos uh, uh, internally with that. So, you know, if we're going to go out and rebuild a distribution line that might have line regulators on it, capacitor banks, controllers, what have you, we want to make sure at the end of the day that we've got the latest uh, control technology on those regulators and reclosures. Um, capacitor banks so that we can fold those into our conservation voltage reduction program, uh, volt bar optimization, other things like that. We can tie them in to the ADMS system that we're currently in the middle of uh, implementing uh, here at Consumers. So um, we try to do take a full holistic approach from the infrastructure all the way to the new technology as we go uh, across to try to update our system. Well, Tim, I hope that you'll come back with us and, and talk to us again about that, that new ADMS system, about your plans around electric vehicles and distributed energy resources. There are so many uh, exciting initiatives that uh, Consumers Energy uh, is, is tackling right now. Uh, I really appreciate your time today. Uh, and as a, as a fellow Michigander, it's it's wonderful to to chat with you about the future of of a clean energy Michigan. Well, thank you very much. I'd be happy to talk about it anytime. I like talking about uh, this this sort of thing. It's what I do, and uh, really appreciate you having me. Well, thank you very much. This has been a Z Prime Now presentation. I'm Chris Moyer. Thank you.